I think the Bride Chiller Wedding Planning Survival Guide and Fuel Guides are the best books on the market. For those people who would like to plan a wedding minus the bullshit, you know why? Not just because I wrote them and put my heart and soul into making these books happen. It was because at every point of the writing journey, I went to the Bride Chiller community and asked what you wanted, what you needed. And I put them all in the book. Or books, sir. They're books by you, by me, for you. Well, that's confusing. Bridechillerstore.com is where you'll find it. Need to work on my brand messaging. Happy days. You're listening to the Bride Chiller Podcast, helping bride chillers and groom chillers plan their wedding minus the bullshit. One podcast at a time. Well, howdy doody, bride chillers, groom ch- gro- gro- chillers. That's a new one, Erica. It's uh, <laughs> <Yeah>, good. <laughs> professional as always, I'm Alicia, the, uh, the host of this here podcast. We are here to talk about wedding planning, how to make wedding planning easy, easier and fun, hopefully. It's like you're going to have some fun. It's like the beginning of Groovers in the Heart when she threatens people. <laughs> That's what you're going to do right now. And if you didn't get that early 90s pop reference, head to Spotify. <laughs> you have heard a, another little giggle. A hello. And, hello. Uh, hello. Hello. Uh, hello, Erica. Welcome to the show. Very professional. <laughs> Um, the lovely Erica Greenwood Rosen is my friend. She is a wedding planner. She is my right hand gal when it comes to bride chiller, and she is here today to share lots of amazing information about what are we talking about? Alternative, fun, weddingy things. Yeah. So I, the idea is that we're going to talk about kind of non traditional formats for your wedding. Yes. So that could Good. be ceremony, reception, just the event as a whole. Um, so we've got some some cool ideas that will help you guys come up with completely non-traditional formats or even just a little way to change up um, the otherwise traditional ceremony followed by reception format. So, yeah. I like this and I like that it's the sort of um, topic that we can really pick and choose and you can dip in and out just choosing little bits. You can go fully hardcore alternative or you can just sort of remove bits of tradition and stuff that maybe you think might be a bit boring or predictable and add your own stuff to it, which is great. Yeah, absolutely. The idea is to make it customized to you and find this the setup that makes the most sense for your relationship and the, the type of celebration you want to have. Yeah, and that's like basically what Bride Chiller is all about. And uh, before we kick in, a couple of things. We have to talk about, you wear a lot of hats. I do. And I never really, I'm always before the show, I'm always like, so how do we present you? What are we going to talk about today? Who are you, Erica? Where do you come from? And uh, give everyone a bit of a rundown about your expertise because you do, you do a lot of stuff. <laughs> I do. So um, <laughs> many, many in the community here know me um, as, like you said, kind of your right hand gal. Um, I'm the content editor at Branchilla and I'm really active in the forums. The well, yeah. forums. I mean, the Facebook community. The, forum. the yep. community. Um, I am a wedding planner at Falia de Events in Chapel Hill, North Carolina. Uh, I mainly work with non-traditional and, um, you know, c- couples who are doing looking to do something a little bit differently. Mm-hmm. And then I am also a blogger and the founder of the website SecularlyWed.com, which is about 
uh, non-religious weddings and um, interfaith weddings. Uh, just really kind of, if you want to do something that's not just a standard religious wedding, uh, we'll talk about it. And um, that's that's basically it. Uh, <laughs> those are my current projects right now. So many projects, which are all fabulous. Yeah. Yeah, and, uh, and what I love, you know, I, I always so appreciate your participation in the forum because, and we say forum as we say, the Bride Chiller community on Facebook is where you jump in and you put your often uh, very professional wedding planner hat on and answer all the questions that I look at and go, Bleh, I don't know, <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, logistics, and but you've seen a lot more. Uh, obviously, you've been in the scenarios, you've seen it. You're in the community of wedding professionals and you just come in and I'm like bam answer solved move on <laughs> solved that's my goal pick it off yeah. i love it and uh if, if you haven't joined the bride chiller community i bang on and on about it but geez just get involved people it's great yeah it really it's is a- um you're gonna find i mean you know we try to do q a's but you'll find if you post something in the the community you'll have your fellow bride chillers answering your questions within five minutes. I mean, it's cool. (laughs) There was a post today. I went on, we're recording this on a Sunday, and I went on and looked, and I live in London, so a lot of stuff happens while I'm asleep because a lot of our people are in the States. And someone put a post up saying, share beautiful colored wedding dresses. And no shit, there's been like 150 comments on this thing in eight hours. Mm -hmm. I'm just like, man, and I've been trying to go through them. Beautiful, beautiful suggestions. I want to own nearly everything that everyone's posted but participation so if you've got a question and you just want an opinion if you want links to things you know it's been very successful and um just a great bunch of people really i just want to go and have a drink with everyone yeah that's great i do yeah now you've got a big list i'm going to chime in i've got a couple of ideas but when we were talking before we were recording your ideas are much better than mine so (laughs) uh not a competition but you know you win. Uh, <laughs> hit it, Erica. I'm All just right. gonna. I'm. Just, you're the host of this show. I'm gonna just take a backseat. All right. Well, okay. So, like we mentioned before, we're gonna talk about non-traditional wedding formats, and the idea here is we want to help you guys break away from the standard traditional ceremony followed by reception. Um, the the thing I notice, and and this is something I'm even guilty of when I'm working with planning clients, is that there are these preconceived notions of the way a wedding needs to flow, and that's actually not. It's there's nothing that requires that, um, and you know this can happen where if you're looking online for things like timeline guidance or just you know like how to plan my wedding day, the flow of the day, everything is built on the assumption that you are having a portion of your day where you're getting ready, you're maybe doing your first look and doing photos beforehand, maybe not, but the idea is you're leading up to a firm start time for a ceremony where all of your friends and family come, file in, sit down, and then you do a processional in, the ceremony happens, cocktails follow, than your reception. That's the Mm. basic format for your day. And when you break it down to just the bare bones. So what I've found is that because we keep perpetuating this setup, um, you know, even through, I mean, even with a non-traditional planner like me, I mean, my sort of basic timeline is set up that way. That's what most people ask to do. But what I want to kind of 
propose are some ideas to break that format and do something a little bit different. So, um, and this can be both for format, but also how to get uh, your guests and family more involved and have it be an interactive thing rather than just something where they're sitting and watching you get married. Um, And I do see there's there's ways of doing that within the traditional format and ways to do that without um, that structure as well. Right. So I've got five-ish ideas with some bonuses um, for just some fun extra things. So I wanted to kick it off with one that I see actually probably the most often of um, of these uh, kind of non-traditional ideas, and that is uh, the wedding weekend. And uh, this is becoming more popular as people start. Uh, downsizing the actual guest list and doing more of a, um, it doesn't necessarily have to be a destination wedding, but it could be a destination and often is at least partially a destination wedding. So the idea is, you know, maybe you rent a cabin in the mountains and you take 15 of your close friends and family. Um, Or, you know, it can be more than that. Uh, Depends on the size of your venue. But the idea is that you go someplace you spend a weekend hanging out together. Uh, this could be a private estate. It could be in the mountains. It could be a beach house. Um, and it could be a full-on destination wedding as well. Many destination weddings f- kind of fall into this sort of uh, structure, which is why I kind of say it's the most popular. Um, so what the cool thing about a wedding weekend is that you've got all these different events happening that your friends and family can choose to participate in throughout the weekend. It might be excursions. It might be like going for a hike. It could be, you know, doing some shopping down, you know, in the, at some stores. The idea is that you're doing all these fun things together all weekend long. You're getting to really hang out with your guests. They're getting to know you and your partner better. You know, if it's, uh, you know, if your partner's friends, you don't know them as well. It gives them an opportunity to really get to know you. Um, and then at some point during the weekend, you have a ceremony. It might be the first thing that happens. It might not be. You know, you might do a whole day's worth of activities and then you go and do your ceremony and your your uh, reception slash dinner or something like that. But it could be as simple as, you know, standing on a mountainside, saying your vows, and then having a bonfire. So, um, that's, that's one, uh, one really cool format. And I think that a lot of people don't realize that by doing a destination wedding, a lot of times that's what they're kind of falling into. So they're already kind of breaking the mold a bit. Um, what I I love about it. Yeah. um, We had Kelly from, um, joy the app on recently and she's getting hitched in San Francisco and she said she's having the wedding weekend where they are, they've got all these activities yes. planned and it's so, I, don't know, I, I say casual, it's like obviously structured and very well planned, but she wanted the whole weekend to flow and she said, you know, they've mm-hmm. got, they're going to a winery and then they're getting hitched at the town hall and they're having quite a low key ceremony and, but then they're inviting family and friends to join them at different times throughout the weekend for different yes. events. And, I freaking loved it because I was like, some people are not going to dig a winery tour and getting smashed on a bus. Yeah. Um, but other people are going to love it and other people are going to want to come and have, a, you know, a sit-down meal. So yeah. I just love the flexibility and, and exactly what, you know, you sort of said at the, the top of the show that it's the idea that we are so locked in. And you just, I was just actually making a little note mm. because that's something I haven't 
necessarily said enough of in the book. And I'm going to go back and rewrite a bit of a chapter here because I think we are completely sort of feel obliged to do that. Everyone mm-hmm. arrives. We all do this. And it's like, why, who cares? We nope. should be able to... Yeah, no one ever told you you had to do it that way. Exactly. I usually have an example of a like really cool Callie's wedding weekend. Sounds like it's going to be incredible, and I hope that she'll like write us a blog or something. Sure, she will. Hey, (laughs) Callie. But I actually wanted to share uh, one of my good friends who I work with a lot in the wedding industry. She's a florist um, here in Durham. Um, Her name's Lee Lee Moore Crawford. Um, she runs Hannah Lee, uh, which is a floral design company, but she had a very cool wedding weekend. So, uh, she and her uh, family and, uh, friends, they went, uh, to visit an old family homestead. Then they visited the, uh, Scottish Highland games in the area, uh, which if, if no one's ever been to a Highland games, it's basically like a, um, a fair where they play like cool traditional um scottish sports and things um this is part of my culture too so i i love it but um not everyone knows what it is then they had a dinner on the beach and cake and then pancake breakfast the next day and then they had a maritime themed scavenger hunt for the kids so yeah super fun they had 30 people and they spent all three days just hanging out at the family estate um i just i love it and you know they're they're uh, you know, they wore some of the, the traditional um, Celtic, not Celtic, but Scottish garb for their, their actual wedding ceremony. Um, so, you know, they pulled in these elements of their culture in a way that was very unique and they brought in all their interests. Um, she's very active with uh, doing education about um, ocean life and sustainability and that sort of stuff. So all of these things were kind of rolled into their weekend, which I thought was very cool. So that was just one example of just like a really unique wedding weekend. Um, so yeah, that was one I wanted to bring up. Um Bye. Yeah, I really, I really love that, and I think yeah. also that they've, you know, they've found a really cool event that's happening and worked around that that idea. That's another thing a lot of people don't even think of doing. Right. Yeah. It's, and it's easy. It's very easy. That's essentially what my and actually this is a good segue into the next one because that's essentially what I did with my husband for our our elopement, um, which I've talked about on the show before, but um, in the context reminders, of our reminders. Yes. Yeah, so, so my my next format um is the pop-up wedding or a styled elopement uh so it's a little above and beyond just a standard elopement where you go to the courthouse and sign some papers and bam you're married um when my husband and i decided that we were going to get married um and we actually did need to get married uh, fairly quickly because we were trying to buy a house and we wanted to get um a better deal on our house. Um, it was very pragmatic, but we decided that we were going to elope and then do a full wedding later. And what we ultimately decided to do was utilize a local event. It was a, a food truck rodeo. So a big festival with a bunch of food trucks. Uh, we planned our, our elopement ceremony for them that morning and all of our friends, we just told, meet us at this intersection, uh, you know, on the corner of this street and this street. We're going to do our wedding. It was in some ways a little secretive because we didn't tell everybody. We just told our like local friends and our closest family, like, hey, we're doing this. Uh, if you want to be there, you know, arrive at 11 a.m. 
on that day. And then afterwards, we did our ceremony. We just kind of gathered everyone up, did the ceremony, and then we went and hung out at the food truck rodeo. And I had some flowers I put together. I wore a white cocktail dress. It was super casual, but it was more than just going to the courthouse. And that's a thing that I think a lot of people don't, they, like, there's a lot of talk about courthouse weddings and elopements as being just a thing you do if you need to get married quick and dirty. Like, just, you know, no frills, no nothing. You might wear a white cocktail dress. You might have some flowers. But the pop-up wedding or a styled elopement are good options for someone who wants to do something a little bit more, like, not casual necessarily. Sometimes pop-up weddings are are still pretty formal, but you want to do it quick. You want to save some money. You want to like whatever your reasons. You want to have a small group of people, um, but you still want some style and um, a little bit of structure to your day. Now, the difference between a style elopement and a pop-up wedding. Generally, a pop-up wedding is going to be for it, usually a small group of people. And what you'll do is you would go to a planner who specializes in this. You could probably put it together yourself too, but um, there are planners who specialize in this and they put together packages where they've already got your catering. It might be a restaurant. It might be a caterer. They've got your location. They've got your flowers. They've got your officiant. They've got your cake. You go to them. You pay them for the pop-up wedding. They make it happen. And they might take a couple cues like on uh, what do you want your colors to look like or, you know, what sorts of flowers do you like? But it's a very hands-off process. You pretty much are like, here you go, plan my pop-up wedding. It's usually at like a kind of cool location. Um, you know, I, I have a good friend who who's does pop-up weddings and she'll put together pop-ups in really neat places. So it doesn't necessarily have to be like a cookie-cutter thing, um, though they are usually kind of prearranged with certain vendors in, like included already um i like want to do a shout out actually, yeah uh to our friends in australia josh yeah. withers and his wife Brittany have the elopement collective and josh has been on the show he's a celebrant yeah. and, and uh, Brittany's a planner and they do freaking amazing weddings at insane venues that we have been to uh we went to one of the venues that they hold is in byron bay in australia which is a yeah. stunning location and my friend got married there and I was a, I was a, in her wedding, and it's a beautiful location. I know it was quite expensive. And yeah. Brittany and Josh, they do a day where they yep. hire the same location, and they do, I think it's five or six weddings, yep. maybe not that many, but they, they do this, and they put on, it just looks beautiful, styled, gorgeous. You mm-hmm. have your cake, you have your people, and then you can go and have a reception or um, further celebrations elsewhere, but they just hook it all up for you. And I have always been so impressed with their business in particular. And as you said, you, there's heaps of other businesses that do it. But, yep. you know, you, you just get a vibe when you meet planners, as you know, and go, I think this is obviously a way to save money, but also get a, a access to a venue that you might not be able to afford or might right. not be available for time yeah. as well, which is yeah. hard. So I'm so pro this idea. Oh, yeah. It's such a cool idea. And I, I think it's something that is getting more traction recently. Um, yeah. Then the other half of that is kind of the styled elopement, which is a little bit more like what you were touching on, but it actually can be done as a more personalized thing as well. And mm-hmm. I I love this idea. You see a lot of these popping up on some of the, like the, the bigger wedding blogs like Junebug and Green Wedding Shoes, where mm-hmm. the the couple will hire vendors. Um Usually it's a, it's just a like a photographer, a florist, a stylist, um, 
they'll get all dressed up and they'll go out to some really cool location. They'll bring their officiant and the, you know, like I've seen some really cool ones, like out in like a field and on mountaintops and, and just really intense, cool locations. But and a lot of times they're places that you wouldn't necessarily be able to get 50 people or a hundred people to stand around like and watch you get married. So a lot of times these are, yeah. these are elopements. You have just your witnesses and, and just you. And I mean, I've even seen people do it where it's literally just them and an officiant. They go up into the mountains, they go out onto a beach, they say their vows privately, they get some photos taken and then they'll sign, you know, all the paperwork and everything mm. with their mm. people when they get back um, out of the mountains. Um, but the idea with that too is, is that if you're a more private person and you love the look of, and you want to have that kind of more styled look, yeah. uh, but you don't want it to be in front of every single one of your guests, you could do a style elopement and then you've got pictures. You might have a video, um, but you don't have to do this in front of every single person you have ever met or every single family member. Um, so that's a really cool way of doing it. And then you could throw a party afterwards. You wouldn't have to, uh, that's really kind of up to you, uh, and what you want out of your wedding. So I'm very pro pop-up weddings and style elopements, particularly for folks who are trying to have a smaller event or want something that's going to be more private, but they yeah. still want the, the pictures or, and, and things like, and if you've got some really cool ideas, you can pull it off this way without having to figure out the logistics of getting every single one of your guests to some remote location. Um, and we actually did have, it wasn't an elopement, but we did have a styled shoot um, on the uh, Bridechall blog recently. That was a mountaintop engagement shoot where oh God, essentially it's the same. If you want to read about what a style elopement would be like, they were doing an engagement shoot, but it's very similar. They hiked a mountain with all, like with their dresses. They got dressed on the mountaintop. Her hair had been done before, but it just it fell flat because she knew, like, oh, I'm hiking at 4 a.m. to get cool, to this mountaintop cool. in time for a dawn photo shoot. It's intense, but it's very cool. I mean, if you want to do something like that, it's definitely possible. And um, so, yeah, that's one cool idea. Um, all right. Uh, okay, we can move now to my other one, which actually now we're kind of shifting gears entirely. We're flipping to the other side of the spectrum where let's say you really want your community involved. Yes. So we're going to talk about how to have ceremonies and receptions and just weddings in general that have a lot of community participation. Right. So a lot of these ideas, it's funny because we're talking about non-traditional ideas, but a lot of these ideas actually come from very traditional, like old traditions. Um, yeah. I, in particular, I wanted to talk about um, hand fastings. Uh, we'll start with that. So for f a lot of people are familiar with the hand fasting as an element of a ceremony, but um, I wanted to talk a little bit about how that historically was used and how you could, in theory, uh, restructure your ceremony to be more about that that sort of historical version of a hand fasting versus just doing it as part of your traditional Western um, ceremony. So traditionally, a Celtic hand fasting was done actually as part of an engagement, kind of a betrothal. Right. And oftentimes, people would do hand fastings and not 
like particularly with um like you know the lower classes of society who couldn't afford to do like full-on weddings or anything they would do hand fastings and sometimes they would do renewals of like vow renewals where they would do the hand fasting again a couple years later to kind of renew their vows and things to each other but hand fastings traditionally happened in front of the whole community so you'd get everyone together it sometimes they would coincide with um like the uh, May Day or the Beltane um, uh, Celtic holidays, holiday, I guess, festivals. I, I'm sorry if I'm using the wrong words. Um, and because those were considered good luck and a time to to um, get betrothed or um, engaged or even married. So the idea with this is that you bring, you're bringing your whole community together at, you know, the entire village, your, all of your close pe- people, the people who are there to support you. And you're you're making this commitment in front of them. Sounds pretty much like a standard wedding, but the hand fasting itself is the the joining rather than a separate ceremony. Um, and I recently uh, planned, well, helped plan a uh, wedding for a couple where they did their Christian ceremony the day before. And then the second day of their wedding weekend, they had a hand fasting in front of their wider group of friends. So the first day only had 50 people. It was just the close, close family and friends. Then the second day they invited all their coworkers, all their friends, like from high school. Like this was a much bigger party. This was about a hundred and 120 people. I want to say. And the, at that event, they just did their hand fasting. So we all gathered. And once everyone had arrived, uh, one of their uh, family members, uh, well, actually a family friend, technically, she's a, um, a, I guess the right word would be priestess. She's a Celtic priestess, I guess is the right word. Um, she came over from Wales for the wedding and performed uh, their hand fasting in the traditional format. With She wrote them a wedding scroll with their vows and everything. It was so beautiful. But, but that happened more as a, once everyone was gathered and and we just dove right in and she called them forward out of the group. Everyone stood around and um, she performed the hand fasting. Um, so that was a very cool uh, kind of different way of, of structuring a ceremony because we were all just gathered around. We weren't seated. We were just standing in a circle, participating and being there with them. Um, and there were portions of the ceremony that the um, the woman performing the ceremony asked the community to support them in their relationship as one of the the ties in the hand fasting. So that was very cool. And I think that if someone is interested in doing a hand fasting, like definitely read up on the, the history of it. It's fascinating. Um, it, it can be just, it can be so much more than just part of your other ceremony. It can be a bigger part of it. Um, and it, it's a very cool tradition. The um, the other thing that we heard a couple of people talk about actually in the um, in the Facebook community was to involve their guests in um, a Jewish ceremony called the Seven Blessings, what? which um, I mean if you've been to a Jewish wedding, this is something that um, is is part of it. Um, oftentimes the the uh, officiant or the the rabbi will perform it, but also guests and family members can give one of the blessings. And we've saw several people in the community talk about giving um, their guests the responsibility of, you know, giving one of the blessings, which I think is a very cool way to get your friends and family. And if you have um, 
people that, you know, maybe they're not in your bridal party or you're not doing a bridal party, this would be a nice way. And I could see this tradition being adapted um, if you're having a non-religious wedding as well, um, you know, inviting your close friends and family to, to give a, you know, maybe, you know, if you're non-religious, you wouldn't necessarily call it a blessing, but, you know, say a, a statement or a, a word of support for their relationship. So something, something that's prescriptive that you guys work on together, but uh, not like a speech or anything, but, you know, a simple statement of like support for the relationship or, you know, how, um, how they can be a good couple moving forward in their marriage, something like that. So I I love that you can take that and it doesn't have, as you said, it doesn't have to be connected to any sort of religious affiliation. It's just the spirit of that, um, good, well wishings, good tidings. Exactly. Yeah. And you can make it funny and silly or warm and serious. You could really mix it up and you can. And then the the final um, idea is actually another one similar um, similar to that, but it's a little bit uh, more free form. And this one is from the Quaker tradition. So in a Quaker wedding, uh, which I've actually been to one wedding that was technically Mennonite, but based in the uh, a similar um, similar structure um, because they're kind of closely tied religious groups. Um, and I'm actually doing a Quaker wedding ceremony next year, which is very cool. So I've been learning a lot more about these. Um, the Quaker ceremony is cool because everyone sits in a circle. So you've got everyone around you. Um, and the, the idea with a Quaker ceremony is that you're a community of friends and you don't necessarily have an officiant. Now, legally, technically, in the U.S. at least, you do still need to have an officiant to sign off, but this this portion you could do without your officiant. Um, The idea is that everyone gets together and when they are moved to speak, to say something about your relationship, they are welcome to speak. So it is a... Like, you know, just someone has like, you know, they want to say something about the couple. They want to say something about their, their relationship, their marriage. And you just take some time and you allow the group to just speak their piece, say, say what is on their mind about the couple. And, um, this could be really cool, uh, for people who want to get their family and friends more involved. And even just in general, the idea of having your guests, um, either stand in a circle or seated in a circle is it makes everyone feel a little bit more um, on equal ground uh, mm-hmm. rather than having just like, you know, everyone's watching a ceremony. If everyone's in the round, it's a little bit more connected, I've found. And um, actually, at the, the Mennonite uh, wedding I went to a couple of years ago, they even had, it, it was like a, um, essentially like a group dance where you everyone right lined up in in this big circle around the the hall and there was this very simple kind of dance move that like we did kind of back and forth around the circle uh, as a group and it was like a hundred people so it was really cool and fun um so yeah i mean those great it was really neat I, i wish i could explain it better um you could probably find some uh some more information on that. Uh, that was before I was really working in weddings. So I wish I had paid better attention, but it was very cool. It was a very nice uh, ceremony. So, so that's, um, those are some cool ideas for like, 
different ways that you can get your community involved and have it be more of a community focused ceremony rather than just you guys and an officiant up front yeah. getting uh, getting married. For Erica, one of the things I had on my list was just talking about um, a little bit more about the first look, and we had ah yes. Uh, uh, I just thought it was probably a good time that we had an excellent blog post recently uh, on the Bride Chiller blog, um, and it was all about first looks by photographer mm-hmm. Amanda. Have yeah. I got that right? Yeah. Um, yeah. And I just thought one of the things, and I know you're going to talk a little bit about entrances and doing a little, you know, loosening the rules a little bit about yeah. seeing your other person before the wedding, but... I just really want to reiterate how freaking amazing I think first looks are. And they don't suit everyone. I know some people have completely different viewpoints on this. But I think um, about structuring your day and trying to make the best use of your time and also your time with your guests. And Mm -hmm. then having a really small, intimate moment with your other person Mm -hmm. is actually such a valuable couple of minutes. and. You get those shots. That means later in the day you're not escaping for hours to go and get more photos. You can still go and have the photographs, but a lot of the main couple images have been taken. You're sort Mm -hmm. of more relaxed because you're just together. I think they're really great, and I think we should embrace them a little bit more. I I agree 100%. Um, I I would say that I have had about 50% of my weddings do a first look. And from the planning perspective – I prefer first looks. Um, but that being said, I have had some really great, successful, um, structured days where we didn't do a first look, but we were still able to kind of keep the flow going, um, you know, by doing all the bridal party photos ahead of time and then just doing the couple's photos and family photos immediately following the ceremony. But you are absolutely right. It is from a planning perspective and a timeline perspective, it it is a bit of a hitch. I totally understand, though, if, if you want that, like, I'm walking down the aisle and I'm seeing you for the first time. Mm. That said, the next three-ish, well, well, really kind of the, the rest of the ideas that I'm going to talk about are based on the assumption that you are comfortable seeing someone before the ceremony. Many of these ideas really do count on you seeing your fiance before the ceremony because they're the whole idea here is to kind of eliminate the processional to eliminate that hard and fast start and stop um of now we're having a ceremony Mm. so doing a first look earlier in the day if you want to have that moment but i also you know i know a lot of couples who even choose to get ready together and just don't have any um you know, any worries about when do they see them? Like technically we didn't, we didn't even consider anything like that. We didn't technically do a first look. We didn't, I mean, there was a kind of a goofy photo where like my husband saw me for the first time in my outfit and we were all kind of like, we don't need to do this, but like my sister (laughs) insisted we do it. (laughs) Um, But like at our elopement, we drove there together. We got dressed together that morning. It's just not something that was high on our priority list. And, and just to go back to why it, it happened, like, like, you know, we have to remember the tradition of that sort of uh, turning up mm-hmm. at the walking down the aisle. It all comes from a very sort of patriarchal viewpoint yes. of, of saying, 
well, this might, you know, in old and ye olde times, this is when you're possibly meeting your betrothed for the first time. Yeah, yeah. And you're wearing a veil because you might not be the look of the person that they want to get married to, but they can't really ditch out on you when you're at the end of yeah. the aisle. So, yeah. you know, it, obviously <laughs> this is not what we're all doing when we get right. hitched, but I, we, like, one of the things about Bride Chiller and another thing about Secularly Web, we both like to sort of bang on about is to just yeah. question traditions and say yeah. well if this doesn't connect to you it, you don't have to feel like obliged to do it and also there's something nice like rich and i spent our wedding morning together with all our friends and mm-hmm. we were setting up our venue and probably running around like lunatics but there was a real sense of community and love mm-hmm. between all of us and I, you know, we slept in the same bed the night before and we were like, oh, we're getting married today. Woo. And it was really nice. So I, I don't think there was any yeah. loss of mystique because we'd saw each other two hours before. And right. I will say, I don't know, Rich, are you here? <laughs> oh, he's, he's in another room. He just walked past me. Now he's gone. But oh. I'm sure I had, or well, I know I had that moment walking down the aisle to see him. I felt exactly. just as like, I mean, I still, like, (laughs) I had been married to James for five months by the point our actual, like, full-on wedding happened. And even with seeing him all through the day, I still had that, like, butterflies. Oh, my gosh, we're, like, doing this. And I was like, I was already technically married to him. Like, so, come on. (laughs) Like, and and that's, I think, something that I want people to to understand is, like, if you, whether you choose to do a first look or not, whether you choose to get ready together during the day, the actual ceremony is still going to be really emotional. Like you're yes. not going to lose out on that. I promise you, mm. it, you will not feel any differently than you had if you had seen their fiance for the first time that day. Um, and Couldn't agree I, with. I agree with you with like it builds community and it helps bring everybody together in a way that it doesn't feel so much like you are on display. And, yeah. and that's, I think Probably the one complaint I hear from a lot of people in the Brightchilla community and from from other clients I've worked with and friends is that there's a lot of stress about feeling, particularly for people who are more introverted or don't have public speaking experience, there's a lot of stress associated with being the one who's the star of the show, Mm. when really it could be a much more community-oriented event. So one of the things that I think could help with that is if you uh, if you were to do a cocktail party or a reception where your ceremony just occurs in the middle of it and oh. it's not part of it's not there's no processional there's none of that you might have music or you might have a more structured ceremony but it's just happening at whatever time you deem is right for for it to happen um, I've got two examples of this. Um, a friend of mine uh, was telling me about a wedding that she attended recently that was essentially like a cocktail party and everyone came, started mingling, they got their cocktails, they were hanging out and then partway through the um, the afternoon, they were all called together by the officiant to gather around and the ceremony happened. And then they went back to you know eating and drinking and having a great time. Then um, one of my good friends, who is actually also a wedding photographer, she had a a very uh, non traditional s- format to her her day, and it was it was similar kind of concept of everyone gathered together. They had their ceremony. Just you know, the physician called them together, called them up. They performed the ceremony. This was you know a little ways into the party, and then um, her 
um, her family members actually potlucked all the brought all the food. So they didn't have a caterer or anything. They just, you know, rented out a small hall and they had a potluck dinner with friends and family. No set like bridal parties or, or anything like that. It was just called up, had the ceremony and then enjoyed a potluck dinner together, which, um, and it, it was, I, I want to say maybe 75 people. I apologize if I got that wrong. Sorry, Anna. Um, <laughs> so yeah, it's, um, it's a, it's a kind of cool concept. If you want something that's really more laid back, more, um, in line with like a, if you're not really about being the center of attention, you want it to be something more family focused. And, um, then it, one of the other kind of bonus ideas I have for you is a friend of mine had still had the traditional ceremony and with a processional and everything, but she and her fiance actually met their guests as their guests arrived and then oh. snuck off to go get ready to do the processional. But they spent about 15, 20 minutes greeting their guests as they arrived. So it wasn't this mystery of, oh, where's the bride and groom? Oh, they're getting ready to, to walk in and we're seeing them for the first time. She actually didn't put her wedding dress on until she was snuck away to do the processional. So then she just jumped into her wedding dress in five minutes before the ceremony. So, so people saw her in her civvies and then yep. she went away and got dressed. That's a great idea. Yep. How exciting. Yep. It was really Trans- cute. Superwoman. Yeah. And so that way she, still she was able to like keep her wedding dress secret. So she waited until five minutes before, popped it on. Because the reality is people don't realize this, but a lot of wedding dresses don't take that long to get into if you have someone to help zip you up. It's literally step in, zip, you're good yeah. to go. Yeah, so totally. it's it's something that you could totally do. Um, so yeah, that was a really kind of cool sort of um, associated idea. Um, and then some of the other ways that you can do this, um, we had... Uh, a few ideas come in both from the community and, and when I put out a call to friends and, and uh, colleagues. The other ways you can kind of tr- break the traditional ceremony format would be by arriving at the ceremony together, mm-hmm. um, walking in together if you are doing a processional, um, and creating shared vows, more of like a, a wedding mission statement that you are, you know, uh, we had a... a a suggestion come in from a videographer who um, we actually do have a video to share if, if I have to double check it's okay with her um, but we'll put it on the blog post if it is but the, her the couple did a, a mission statement together and it was sort of a community focused mission statement of like what they're vowing in front of their friends and family um, but more also what is the purpose and goals of their wedding and their marriage which i thought was a very cool idea that's nice yeah really neat um so one thing i do want to kind of bring up is that to get married and have it be official technically there's only a few real requirements and that is whatever marriage license or certificates they need to be signed by the proper people so that would be an officiant usually some witnesses um they might have to be notarized. It, it varies depending on your area. And in the actual wedding ceremony itself, generally speaking, the kind of main requirement is that whoever is performing your wedding ceremony, whether it be an officiant or whether it be a community-based um, situation, you need to state that you are there willingly and that you intend to marry each other. 
that's really it in most places. Whether you have other like legal requirements, you'll have to check, but that's it. You do not have to have the traditional ceremony wording. You can really do whatever you want. Um, and people get caught up with these traditional formats and they think, well, this is how it has to be done. This is how yeah. weddings are done. And you can really do a lot. There's a lot of flexibility. Just make sure that you're following the, the rules of your area. And, um, you know, obviously if you're having a religious ceremony, there are more rules about what, um, not, maybe not necessarily rules, but uh, the traditional elements might be required if you're having a religious ceremony. But I also as far had a mind as, list of the yeah. friendship thing. Well, of getting a friend to do your ceremony and service, and and that's something I think a lot of people, um, you know, avoid because they're like, oh, I don't know if it's legal. And as you said, just to piggyback onto your point, that yeah. you can go and get married at the city hall or yeah. have a, a, a legal service somewhere else before the wedding or even after mm-hmm. the wedding, yeah. and have a friend or family member marry you. And do it for you know it's still it's still the the official air quotes yes. uh, ceremony, but you can go yes. and actually sign the paperwork and get it all legally done later on or before. There's right. there's options. And the, the one thing that I would say with that to be careful of is, and this is actually where doing non traditional uh, ceremony wording actually comes in handy, is that there are actually some legal requirements of sort of wording that a non-official can and can't say. So for example, um, in many states, uh, if you are not a legally recognized officiant, you cannot technically pronounce a couple married. So you can't say the words, I pronounce you husband and wife. You can't say those things. Um, But if you're having a more non-traditional wedding and you're not, you're shying away from that wording anyways, you'd be okay. Um, the, the thing I always recommend if you're going to have a friend, uh, or family member perform the wedding is check the local requirements because it, some of them are pretty strict. Um, Good. but there are, there are always ways around them as far as, you know, if you get technically like legally married at the courthouse before your actual ceremony, you can do whatever you want. You can have a friend say whatever you want. Um, so that's usually my, my recommendation is if that you have any concerns about the legality of what they what you want them to say or whether they can officially marry you or not just go and get the paperwork done ahead of time and you usually have to bring some witnesses and that's that's about it it's pretty simple um but at that point you're free to do whatever you want which is cool and um the other thing that i would recommend is that if you have a friend or family member do the wedding that they are comfortable with public speaking that you get them mm-hmm. a microphone because they may not have ever done this before and if they aren't used to like how much they have to project it might be hard to hear them and um you know really work with them to to create a ceremony that is what you want to have for your wedding which is really nice um you can also of course find uh secular officiants um a good place to do that is the the humanist society if you're in uh the u.s um, I believe there's a similar setup for Britain as well. They, I can't remember what exactly it's called, but if you look up humanist um, or secular officiants um, in either the U.S. or U.K., you'll find that. And different areas, I'm sure, have other groups. I'm just familiar with those. Um, generally speaking, like 
if you want to have a officiant who is going to do a completely non-religious wedding and you're in the United States, the Humanist Society is a good option because they're recognized by most states as technically being a religious group because they come out of the Quaker tradition, but they are a non-theist Quaker organization. So it is, um, it basically, it was a group formed by Quakers to further the um, the cause of humanism. So uh, it's a great option if you want to have an actual officiant who is you know legally ordained and everything, but also still have a non-religious or non-traditional ceremony. So that's one of those things. Now we did have some bonus ideas if, if you Please. don't have any other Let's ideas. Bonus, bonus round. Bonus round. So these aren't so much ideas related to how to kind of integrate your ceremony or do like a non-traditional format, but they were just some fun ideas that came up um, while I was talking to folks. Um, some of the ideas was one, one of uh, one of my friends actually just this weekend got, the, got married uh, and they had a picnic. So basically they asked all their guests to bring a picnic basket and so they didn't provide any food, but everyone brought a picnic basket. They gathered together at a park, they had their ceremony and then everyone hung out and just chilled out, had picnic in, you know, in this park and people brought the food they liked and it went really, really cute. From what I could see of the pictures, I was like, oh, this is so precious. And it really made sense for the, the couple and for the the friend group. I mean, I, I, when I heard this is what they were doing, I was like, ah, oh, yeah, cool. <laughs> um, and that's a great idea. If you want to have something that is a big party with a lot of people, but you, ne- you can't necessarily afford to pay for uh, catering for a hundred people or something like that, there's actually nothing wrong with doing a bring your own. <laughs> so, um, that was one really neat idea. And I've seen variations on that. The potluck wedding, of course, similar concept. It's a lot of fun. You can get your family members and, and friends involved in kind of putting together your meal. The one thing I would recommend there is that if you're doing a potluck style, like make sure that you have wedding insurance to cover you if someone gets sick. Yes, good <laughs> um, point. You know, it, you know, if you're not officially like food service prep certified, you know, you don't want people getting sick and then getting sued. Um, right. Even if it is your friends and family, it can happen. Uh, so then another idea that was recommended, uh, a friend of mine was at a wedding with an open mic. So they were, they told all the guests ahead of time, like, Hey, we're going to have an open mic segment of our, our reception. So bring, you know, some comedy, some poems, some songs. And, uh, my friend who attended this wedding did say it was a bit cringeworthy and, uh, silly, but I, I think it sounds like a lot of fun. If you've got a lot of people who are involved in like theater or the arts, this could be really great. And, uh, I also heard from multiple people that they had musical numbers or sing-alongs, kind of flash mob style things. Uh, So if you once again got a lot of theatrical people uh, doing like a group sing-along or having friends perform uh, a particular musical number that you really like can be a different, uh, unique way of uh, incorporating things that you really love. I also had some suggestions of incorporating, you know, kind of your kind of geeky fandom elements into your day in ways that are kind of unforeseen. Like I had a friend who all of their music was based, it was uh, orchestra arrangements of like video game music. 
So their entire wedding, all the music in the wedding was related to video games they love. And so, you know, like cute little things like that. And so that's not necessarily breaking like formats, but it's a way of kind of introducing non-traditional elements in a way that might not um, be noticed by some of your more traditional guests. So those were some of the ideas I had here. I don't know if you had anything else that was on your list that we wanted to talk about. Uh, look, I think the big thing for me is just to go back to that idea of just the 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 rules aren't rules. There are no rules. Right. And I know a lot – if you're getting married in a church and if you have a, – a, and I say strict as in the sense of strict traditional outlook of going, all right, they're not going to be budging on certain aspects, then right. incorporate other aspects into your reception or before the wedding. It doesn't mean just because – one element is fixed that you can't go a bit cray with the rest of it. And absolutely, I also think that some religious associations, churches, ministers are a lot more open-minded than we give them credit for. And absolutely. sometimes, you know, I'd say a lot of religions need a bit of extra love. And maybe it's good to go and have a conversation and just say, we want to add some readings that aren't necessarily uh, affiliated with religious text, or we want to be able to have some music that's a bit different or whatever or we want to structure the ceremony in a different way would you be open to it because i think if you don't ask you're not getting it right yeah a a good example of that is my uh my younger sister actually had a uh, well so a little bit of background my family um i grew up christian and my dad's actually a presbyterian minister and um for my sister's wedding um she her her husband is was raised catholic Neither one of them are particularly religious, but they knew that if they didn't have at least a religious wedding, the Catholic family members would just die. They would – several several of them actually said they weren't going to come to the wedding because it but, wasn't in a Catholic church. The fact that they on, had guys. it outdoors and they, they had a Presbyterian minister instead of a Catholic priest was enough of a reason for them to say we're not coming. But they were trying to make sure that they made everyone happy in a way that also still felt – realistically aligned with their beliefs. So what they ended up doing is they had a family friend of ours who was also a Presbyterian minister, a really good friend of my parents, uh, perform their ceremony. And they just simply asked Donna, like, hey, could you, like, I know you're, you know, you've got a a specific ceremony, and yes, this is a Christian ceremony, but could we, like, maybe tone down the Jesus? And Donna was cool with that. She was like, that's fine. Um, So it was a a happy medium that kept the more religious family members... um, pleased uh, but my father uh, being a presbyterian minister he's a, a very progressive and very open-minded minister but he has done some really unique ceremonies for people as well and so if you if you're re- working with the right religious ministers and uh, officiants they will absolutely i mean we, i know we've got some in our group who do really unique uh, ceremonies and very customized personalized ceremonies so you know not to say that you know if you're a religious minister you couldn't possibly break format absolutely they do all the time it's just a matter of finding the right one yeah finding someone who's like committed to the the idea that you are going to have a really like a, a ceremony that reflects your relationship um so yeah that you can absolutely find them and sometimes that's a good way to appease um if you wanted to have a non-religious ceremony but you have religious family members that's usually a good happy medium and it will make parents and grandparents happy a lot of times <laughs> Boy, that's a whole nother podcast it is <laughs> <laughs> Erica, that's why i have a blog 
<laughs> I, I was going to say, Erica, plug the heck out of what you do. Because here's the thing. You have met lots of bride chillers, and, and I love this, that you've connected with bride chillers and now you're planning their weddings. But you also do online uh, – what are we trying to say here? You do chats with people? There's yes. A word for yeah, this. like uh, consultations. consultations. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I'm always happy if you are not in the in my immediate area or the southeast or really – I mean – I'll work with anyone if we can figure out terms <laughs> to be real. But um, I do, if you wanted to talk with me about planning or any of these sorts of issues, um, I do consultations also. And you can get in touch with me through my website, which we will uh, link in the uh, blog post because it's hard to spell. But my website is Faliaja Events. And um, it's French, so that's why it's hard to so spell. Fancy. Um, and then I also blog at secularlywed.com, which, uh, I do apologize. It's, I've, it's been a bit on the back burner this summer while I've been very busy with, uh, things that make me money, but, um, I'm hoping to get back into that. And that website is all about, um, approaching non-religious weddings in a way that is meaningful and intentional and reflects you as a couple, uh, and some tips on how to navigate, um, you know, ideas like, you know, if you have a religious family and you're trying to plan a non-religious event, you know, telling your family that you're not going to have a church wedding um, when they've been convinced all this time that that's what you were going to have. Yeah. Um, so we'll, on that blog, you know, I dive into planning stuff, but also just some more um, kind of think pieces on um, the role of religion in weddings in our culture and, um these expectations that are um, built up uh, just in our mindset and our culture of like a wedding is a certain way and that's always just going to be done that way. And what I love to see is a shift away from this pre-prescribed format. Like I was talking about at the very beginning where, you know, if we can break away from the assumption that we are doing a, you know, photos, first look followed by a, um, uh, processional, then the ceremony, then the recessional, then the cocktail hour, and then the, re- the reception. If we could break that, and honestly, I'll be making my job a little harder, but I love that. Like, you know, if I have to ask my clients, what's the format you want? What's the layout for your day that you want? Like, make my life harder. Make it harder for me to make a, uh, a template. <laughs> like, I want to get yes. rid of these templates. <laughs> so, yeah. Challenge challenge things and make things yeah, more yeah. you because this is your chance this is the opportunity yeah absolutely so that's um that's a big part of like what i would like to see the happen with the wedding industry in general and with the just to break down the assumptions that these things are going to happen in a certain order or a certain way mm-hmm. and so if we could get more and more people asking for these non-traditional formats and you know if i you know my my goal is to start kind of presenting the options to my clients in a different way as well like to kind of help them guide them through how do we put together a day that's a little less formal and yeah. more in tune with like your personalities and the type of event you want to have yeah and and i think that's you know the beautiful thing about our community and the people that are finding uh, the podcast and the blog and just joining uh, also vendors that are joining and hearing these discussions and participating. I feel like we're really providing a great groundwork for hopefully building a bigger movement and getting people involved and, and thinking outside the box a little bit more with their planning and 
and and just having a nice time, but also doing something that's you. That's yeah, really absolutely. what it comes down to. We just smashed it today, Erica. Yes. I'm this sorry, guys. A... This is long. <laughs> well, I apologize when you're bringing value. Yeah. Fantastic. Bringing As value. <laughs> and now oh. I feel like I need to go and uh, rewrite a couple of uh, chapters of my book. <laughs> <laughs> It's fine. And now I'm going to make Erica read everything. And uh, it's been freaking me out, but it's great. And I'm excited to be bringing it to the community sometime. Guys, get get excited, guys. Like, really (laughs) get excited. There's some cool stuff coming. (laughs) And actually, before we go, I know this is, we're in an hour now. So we're probably testing everyone's limits. But stick with us for one second. Because we had, I put up a post last week on the community uh, talking a little bit just giving a little tiny teensy bit of information about something Erica and I are working on and that is a well we can't I hate calling it a course because it sounds boring and it's not boring. Yeah. <laughs> we're coming yeah. up with a sexier term which people did suggest some amazing uh suggestions yeah but it's like a thing and uh, which obviously we'll work on describing this in a way. <laughs> it's a thing. <laughs> it's a wedding planning timeline countdown online thing that's not a course because it sounds boring but it's not boring which is going to yeah. have everything you need checklists downloadables videos podcasts blogs what else Erica gosh. Uh, oh gosh um so I much mean- stuff so much stuff. I mean, worksheets and things to worksheets. get you through different parts of the planning process. Essentially, the idea is this is going to replace the need for me. No. Just, <laughs> just kidding, guys. Um, still, <laughs> You should still hire a coordinator. Um, yes. But no, I, the, the idea is that, you know, we're, we want to give you the tools needed um, to really plan your wedding in a way that is unique to you. And um, one of the, the big issues is, and this comes back to what we've been talking about today, of uh, like not everyone is going to have the same wedding. Not every timeline is going to be the same. Not every mm-hmm. checklist is going to be the same. Um, and so many of the resources online are a very much tailored for the traditional wedding format. And yeah. so we want to give you something that will help you to plan a wedding that does not just follow that that pre-prescribed format. So. And I think that that's the yes. point. Like, and I've been really struggling because I've been working on the Bridechiller Survival Guide, which is the big, we're calling it, Rich and I call it the big book, which is the yeah. actual, like, all the stuff you need. And it's a big book. And then I've got a workbook or a planner, which has been my uh, weekend. <laughs> yeah. <This> weekend doing <laughs> it. But, you know, the one thing I was writing the intro to it, just saying, this is not, you don't have to do any of this shit. It's more just that right. it's, all there so you can see it it's not there to freak you out or make you feel overwhelmed it's more the opposite just to look at it and go okay here is some of the things tick off the big things but really when it comes down to it a wedding is just you and your other person and someone Mm -hmm. to make it official that's it that's all you need to do so all this other stuff is fantastic but it's not necessary and I think when Erica and I have been talking about um, what we wanted to put in the course. I'm calling it a course, but it's not a course. Uh, And when we asked for feedback from the community, you know, you said things like, you as in the community, uh, what are all the questions I should be asking vendors? So we're putting together Mm -hmm. all the questions to ask a florist and the photographer. And uh, when you talk to a coordinator, what do you need to know about their background and skill set? And also mm-hmm. just stuff about asking for testimonials and references that a lot of people feel uncomfortable about, but that's part of business and it's yep. 
it's actually really easy when you phrase it a certain way. So we're going to give you lots of templates to that's another thing, templates for emails that you can cut and paste and put straight in so you're not dicking around asking for quotes. Like this is basic stuff that I think a lot of people have never really done before. So we're yeah. doing it. Yeah. And like the the few resources that are there uh, oftentimes are really more about these higher end, um, mm. more traditional weddings. And, you know, there's there's so many planning books out there that I've I've like gone to the store and I've flipped through and I'm just like, this is this is not the people I work with. Yeah. Like I, I would never recommend this to them. Yeah. I, I have a couple books that I, I recommend, but but most of them out there are very, very strictly traditional and with no room for error. Um, and also very um, gendered and yes, you know, like that's a that's a that's a big part of what we're trying to do as well, guys. Like we want to make it wedding planning needs to be something that is for all people, not yep. just, um, you know, cis straight females. It's, totally. it's gotta be for everyone. And, um, whoever, whoever is excited about the wedding. And so yep. we want to get rid of the gendered language, the, the idea that like, there's a bride's responsibility and a groom's responsibility. Totally. You know, we yeah. want it to be more of a collaborative thing. And so, yeah, that's uh, a little about, just a little bit of the project we're working on. A little bit. A little bit. So we're we're working our little butts off and hopefully uh, you'll be hearing more about it. But we just wanted to say thank you to all the feedback for the feedback we received because that was pretty freaking amazing, some of the Mm -hmm. feedback that we got. And also just how excited people were saying, oh, where do I sign up? What do we do? And we're like, oh, Christ, we're now going to really get this thing going. So that's what... uh, We'll be signing off now and going having a discussion about that uh, little project we need to. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we got work to do. (laughs) Um, Look, Erica, so lovely to have you. And just thank you for all your help. I just want to say that publicly. Oh, no, it's lovely. I love working with you. (laughs) And I love talking to all of you guys. All the community is like my new faves. Oh, Oh, I actually, I have another shout out we need to give. Also, we wanted to thank our awesome moderators who have come on in the community yes. um bridechilla amber danielle Woo-hoo. and amanda so Woo-hoo. thank you guys so much for for helping us to to really just keep an eye on the community it's you have all been so active and you have a lot to say and but me and alicia can't read every oh single goodness. post all the time we try to um <laughs> but it's it's hard so thank you so much to amber danielle and amanda for helping out with that you keep us on the straight and narrow and also you know if you are, we are more than open we love you adding your friends to this community and they will get a straight pass of yes straight into the community if we see yes. you've recommended they're in uh yep. and but you know we're being quite god i don't want to say picky because that makes us sound like bitches but you know we're not letting people in that are like i want to sell you product um so we're quite very like you know aware of letting it be a community that isn't salesy or gross and if you see anything in the community that is mildly salesy or gross Mm -hmm. you just tell us and we will just let us know just let us know (laughs) we love getting angry at people i'm just saying listen that is not our scene goodbye yeah so thank you everyone (laughs) (laughs) all right well uh, until next week our lovely friends bride chillers uh 
please go forth, conquer, enjoy the week, enjoy your planning. Visit thebridechiller.com if you would like to learn more about the community, subscribing and anything else. And also download the Bride Chiller Starter Pack, which will give you a, a little basics, a little quick crash course in Bride Chillerdom. And also uh, we will have the way to communicate with you when all of our wonderful new things are being released. Yeah, absolutely. So check it out, guys. Check it out. All right. Until next week. Happy days. Happy days. The Bride Chiller Podcast, empowering you to kick wedding planning ass every day.